I want you to, I want to just tell you kind of where I am this morning and you know this might make pastors uncomfortable might make a congregation uncomfortable but we this morning in worship was a was a battle it was war going on up here with the worship team not that we were at war against each other but things just didn't want to come together and I believe it even started from that first video that uh, Blake and Pastor Stephen put up which I thought was great but I also felt like it almost let the air out of our balloon you know whoa why am I here and we started in worship and had technical difficulties, and that's fine. It's going to happen. You know, if we do not struggle in worship, we're probably doing something wrong every now and then. Satan's after the worship. He's after your worship. Okay, so, so a, a, a battle is not bad. A battle's not bad. I'm going to show you in the scripture today that battles in the church are not wrong. They're right. We'd better be battling something the Lord gave us in Ephesians, in, in Ephesians how to get ready for a battle. Because battle's coming. If battle's not coming, then you're probably just staying in your bed. You're checked out. You're not apart. Well, I'll tell you, battles will come in your bed too. Come in your mind. They'll come in your sleep. They'll come find you. So, I want to encourage you. Today is a day I believe the Lord is, 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 is wanting to say something to you. And to the church. And it's going to be easy to walk out of here offended, upset, and mad. But do you know that whether or not you get angry at what somebody says over you is your choice? Anger is a choice. Now come on. Don't turn me out already. I'm already half mad at him. Didn't like the songs he did. I didn't like that video. I didn't like anything. I'm already half mad. Now I'm just flat out going to be mad. You ever got up that way? I'm just mad and it's just going to be a bad day. And you know what? What do you have? You have a bad day. You can choose. But I want you right now, if we can, let's just pray together to ask the Lord to speak to us. And to lay down any hindrance that we might be carrying. And that goes for me too. We came into the prayer room this morning to them praying. Passionately praying. And we were on a different page. We were ready just to drink our coffee and have a big time. And my mom finally said, wait a minute. We're, we're praying for y'all in here. And basically, she didn't say this outright, but basically, shut up and listen to us pray. And it was right. It was right. And we needed to join in one spirit, not be in two spirits. One spirit. So what I'm asking really, I guess, is that we join in one spirit right now. Amen? Have a room of 120. It's probably what we got. We got the upper room going on right here. And if we can get in one accord and not in one to sell, well, I think we can go somewhere. That was a joke. Y'all completely didn't get that, but so be it. One accord, not one to sell. It's all right. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray uh, uh, that your scripture of unity would be released over us this morning. That I believe division wants to come. But no, I say no. We've just saying we say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord, to your spirit. We say yes, Lord, to your word. We say yes, Lord, to your church. And Lord, I just come against anything that may try to stop this today. I thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. And I ask right now that your word would come to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. It's going to be good. 
All right, turn with me, get out your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 2. This is where we left off last week. I just started preaching out of Galatians 1. We're going to stay there just a little bit longer, and I'm hoping very much so that this is going to be nice and short and quick and powerful and uh, get the message out and get on with, with getting the message out of this building. Amen? We're not staying in here, we're going out here in about an hour, and we need to take it out. Galatians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, and I, where am I? I'm on chapter 1, verse 14. Chapter 2, verse 14. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel compel Gentiles to live like the Jews? Do you remember, we went over this last week, that even Peter is going into a group, a a section, a group of people and acting one way and then when his guys show up, he separates from them and acts another way. And I painted that picture of the church. This is Peter. He said, of whom on this rock will I build my church. So, can even the best of them or the best of us miss it? Yes, Is he playing a game? Is Peter playing a game? Yes, I believe he is. He's going into the cafeteria and he's seeing one group to go sit with. And when the other group shows up, he gets up and snobs them and walks to his group. I'm not eating that stuff anymore. That's bad. I I shouldn't have ate that. Let me go over here. Y'all are bad. Even though I was just sitting with you and having a good time with you, y'all are bad. I'm going over here to where they're good. Playing the game. We come in here on Sunday, act a certain way, have a smile on our face, act like everything's great, and then come Monday, it's all, it's hell again. It's good, come on now, don't, don't, you want, you want your church changed, you want your life changed, you want your marriage changed, you want your finances changed, change. I've said this a thousand times, if I've said it once, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Something's got to change. All right, verse 15. I'm getting going now. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in, G- in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Paul is giving the clear pathway to salvation. And it is not by your way. And it's not by the way of the law. It's by the way of Jesus Christ. Only man cannot be saved or justified by works or by the law. The law gave no power of justification. It just showed us where we were messing up. But it gave us no power to perform correctly. No matter how good you are, you are only justified by Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, it's a justification that you don't deserve. It's a justification that you cannot earn. You're not good enough. And I'm not trying to hurt your self-esteem. I'm trying to position you correctly under the power of God. We've got to receive this not by our own doing. How many of you have ever done a job and felt like you deserved something? 
I deserve this promotion. I deserve this money. I deserve this bonus. Well, we come to God the same way. God, I'm living a good life. I deserve your blessing. Wait a minute. I don't, God says, I don't work like that. You've gotten messed up somewhere. I want to just give it to you. You don't have to earn it. And when you go try to earn it, you get out from under my plan. It's a heart issue. When you're truly changed by God, you are going to do the works that would make you think as a natural person that you should earn it. But you're not doing it out of that reason. You're doing it because God's already blessing you because you've received him because you didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. I mean, my mind just blew. Did yours? When we really change, when we really change, we will start performing like we deserve something. But in our hearts, not believing we deserve anything because we don't. Out of the abundance of the heart will come out what's really in you. When you're doing it for a reason, that'll come out of your mouth. I deserve. You owe me this. We live in that kind of nation. Government, you owe me this. When's the government ever going to rescue me from my problems? Let me tell you, they're not. They're not. That's not their calling. And it's not their fault. Mm, I'm preaching good now. Verse 17. But, while we, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. What's it, what's it saying right there? Are we off the hook with sin? No. No. Again, we're talking about a true change. Verse 18. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Man. Don't go numb. Go back to verse 18. Don't go numb to this. If I get saved and I get passionate and I'm on fire for God and I start building back up the old way of my living, the old way of my, it's all on me, it's in how I act, it's in how I do, I deserve, I deserve, even if I've already been saved, truly saved. If I start building up the things which were destroyed, which I destroyed, what do I become? I make myself a sinner again. Now, do we get outside of salvation? I don't think we need to go down that road. I think we need to assume we are getting outside of the blessing of God and we need to get back in it. If we're really saved, we're going to run back to Daddy. If we're not, we got a problem. The day you start thinking, well, I'll go to heaven anyway, is the day you need to question whether you're really saved or not. Yeah, I'm in the middle of a... Of, a, of an adulterous relationship yeah I'm in the middle of gambling uh, wasting my whole family's money away I'm in the middle of doing drugs but I got saved when I was five I'll still go to heaven this tells me if I b- rebuild my old life my sinful life doesn't mean I won't stumble and fall and mess up you know if you stumble and fall and mess up what do you do you return to the Lord and repent that tells me right there you, you're not this you're, you're just a human trying Let me tell you, saved people mess up. And God gave a way for saved people to mess up. And it's grace and mercy. But if I live my life outside of his design, I'm a sinner. And I don't want to to 
stand before the pearly gates not knowing whether or not I wonder if I'm going to heaven or not because I stood under this teaching from years ago under the Baptist teaching and whatever religious teaching that said once I'm saved, I'm always saved. Well, good luck with that. Do you hear me? I am after us living a life for Christ but also living a life in eternity with Christ. And if that shakes you up a little bit, good. (laughs) Somebody needs to shake some theology. Somebody needs to shake some doctrine. Somebody needs to shake some religion. Because do you remember how we started this last week? Is we start to get turned to another, a religion that's not of another. That word another means the same as the one that came before, which was Jesus Christ. The church can so easily get sidetracked. That we miss God completely. Mm, that's good. I feel like I'm about to lose everybody. But I, I, let me tell you. I, I think this is where we've got to be. We're about to try to win the whole city for, for Christ. We better win ourselves before we go. We better get the oxygen on ourselves before we start battling with real demonic activity. Alright, Miss Dimple. I hear you. I'm coming. Now, verse 19. I'm not even to the good part yet. For though, I, for though I, through the law, died to the law, I might live to God. What did they just say? I've got to die to the law to live to God. I've got to die to works to try and in my own strength to live to God. Stop trying to be justified by works, by being good, by being a good person, by doing good things, by trying to make ourselves feel good about our life. I've got to stop I've got to die to the law to works to my way that I might live. And I want you to catch this. And this, uh, that verse 19, my version says live to God. I think that's pretty significant. Not live for God. Live to God. I am on a pathway to, in direction, in, in my walk. I am to live to God. Every step. Isn't that good? Verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life in which I now live, in the flesh I live, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave gave himself for me. I am not my own anymore. I'm his. If you know who, who owns you, you will act accordingly. I'm not my own anymore. I have died to myself and I now live for Christ. Can anybody hear the calling that the Lord is trying to say over the church? I do not frustrate the grace of God for if righteousness comes by the law then Christ is dead in vain. If I can achieve righteousness on my own, Christ did not need to die for my sin. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and try to live your life according to your way and your works and make your way to heaven by your way, you're saying, Jesus, I didn't need you. That's the life that you're showing to God. Do you realize that you are you're sending a message to God about how you feel about Him in the way that you live? The church sends a message every day saying, God, this is really what I think about you. Watch how I act and watch how I talk and watch how I think. 
Mm. <laughs> oh, glory to God. We can sit here and we can listen and say, yeah, amen, that was just good. And then go on about our lives or we can change. Change has got to happen. Okay, chapter 3. It's about to get good, I hope. Chapter 3, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? Verse 2. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The Galatians have received the Spirit. They have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they're trying as a church to return to the law. They're trying to go back to their old ways. Man, this is hard. I know a way that's easier, that I'm comfortable with. We can sing three songs and sit down and take up the offering and then hear a message and go home and then live our life. We can do religion. We can email some little funny, little scriptural things to each other and laugh at them and say that was good and not change our life at all. Or we can start walking to God. Verse 3. Are you so foolish? This is Paul's words, not mine. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Can you do it your way? Can you be perfect? Your, can you be made perfect your way? Verse 4. What are you? It, it, verse 4. Have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, what's he saying? Why are you going through the things you're going through? You do not have to live this way. This is not God's plan for you. You're squeezing two nickels together. You're, you're, you're in pain. Your kids are, are, are on drugs. They're messed up. They're in bad relationships. Your job's in trouble. Your life's in trouble. Your marriage is in trouble. And Paul's saying, you don't have to live like this. Why are you living like this? You have given up the right way for the wrong way. Why are you suffering? Verse 5. To redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoptions as sons. No, wait a minute. I'm in chapter 4. I just messed up. Hang on. What did I do? Verse 4. Show me verse 4. Is that what I just read? Verse 5. That's verse 3. Verse 5. Give me verse 5. There we go. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How does God supply? Does he supply by your works or does he supply by the Spirit by faith? What does supply mean? It means, as Pastor Stephen even put it this morning, Supplies fully, abundantly, generously, provides what is needed. He does not do it by works. He does it by faith. Let's go back, verse 5. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, who here is believing for a miracle? How do miracles come? They come by faith. If you are not living this way that Paul is encouraging and demanding the Galatians to live, 
you do not need to expect a miracle because God does not give miracles by works by someone outside of living, outside of faith. Did you read that? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it? Does he do what? Supply the Spirit spirit and work miracles. Does he do it by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Your miracle is going to come out of your mouth. Your miracle is going to be what you're putting in your ear. Let's keep going. Are you needing a miracle? Miracles don't come by living your way. They come to those who are living for Christ. So, here we go. What is faith? What is faith? Can we leave here today without knowing what faith is? Hebrews uh, chapter 11 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In the NIV it says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Faith is trusting God's going to do what He says He's going to do before we ever see it. I don't mean you just sit here and say, I believe God's Word, I really believe, I believe, yeah, yeah, I believe He's going to do it. Trusting is walking as though it is going to happen or it's already happened. How many of you know that when you get your paycheck on Friday, how many of you spend your money before you get your paycheck? Knowing it's coming. That's trust. I'm not telling you to go spend money you don't have believing that God's going to supply your need. But that is the same way. Knowing that God's going to supply this need that you have and you start walking according to though he's going to do it and he's already done it. Being sure of what is hoped for and certain of things that we do not see. Trust, trust is more than you just confessing out of your mouth. Trust is how you walk. You tell me you'll meet me at lunch at 11 o'clock or 11.30 at some restaurant. I trust you're going to show up. I go ahead and show up. Get a table and wait for you. Believing you're going to show up. I know you well enough to make that appointment. I believe you. That's trust. I come in here this morning and we go to work. I trust that people have done their job. Pastor Stephen and I have a relationship of trust. My wife and I have to have a relationship of trust. You know, it's easy to know when someone doesn't trust someone. I can tell by the way you walk. Let's stay there just for a moment. Trust and faith is like holding your father's hand as a two-year-old, a three-year-old. I've got a seven-year-old that still loves to hold my hand. I love it. I never want that to stop. Never. One of the sweetest things ever is just for the hand to come up. And I'll, I'll have something in my hand and her grab my arm and find my hand. I'm not reaching for her. She's reaching for me. And you know what? When she crosses the street, she's not thinking about whether or not she's going to make it across the street alive or not. She knows. She's not even worried about it. There's all this danger out there. Can you imagine, what, even as an adult or as a child, you're walking through the grass and you walk up on a snake. And fear comes all over you. Even as an adult, it wants to happen to me. Fear comes all over me. And we run. But then we go get dad. And think about a little five-year-old boy, what a five-year-old boy or girl would do when dad's standing there. Look at it, dad. Come on, let's get a little closer. Start throwing rocks at it. Start throwing sticks at it. She's got daddy. 
she knows nothing's happening to her. That snake's not going to get her. When our attacker comes at us, when we don't have faith, when faith isn't in us, we want to run. The children of Israel showed up to a big giant. All of a sudden, one man is going to defy the armies of God. And you know what? They see the giant's like, oh, no. And they run. And here comes David, some little snotty-nosed, little good-looking, snotty-nosed, skinny, hundred-nothing-nothing kid. But he's full of the Word. He's full. He is walking to God. And he shows up with a whole other mentality. What is going on? Would somebody just go, realize you got daddy holding your hand, go throw a rock at this guy. God will control the rock. Go throw the rock. But somebody's got to throw the rock. I'll throw the rock. King says, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'll go do it. Stand up, Pete. Come up here with me. Get up here. Let's go. Look here. This This is David. 13 years old. Good looking. Doesn't know any better than to go take it on. Here we are. We can't fight nothing. We run from a, from a red ant. Not going to go kill the ants. We're just going to go move somewhere else. No, there's ants over there. Let's go sit over here. No, somebody kill the ants. He doesn't have any. He doesn't know. Well, what are you talking about? I want to go play in that yard right there. Somebody go throw a rock at that guy. How dare he defy my God. Attaboy. Thank you. That, that's, where the, that's where the kingdom of God's coming from. I don't mean my son. I do mean my son. But I'm telling you, these kids, there is power in these kids. Faith is the inward confidence, the assurance, the trust, and the reliance in God that all he says, that in believing that what he says is going to happen. It's the assurance. It's walking knowing that that paycheck's going to show up Friday. Does anybody doubt your paycheck's going to show up Friday? No. Then why can't we believe that God will do what he says he'll do? We believe man will do what he says he'll do, but we won't believe God. We want to go try to figure out how to make it work our own way. Knowing that your bills will be paid. Knowing that your health is cared for. Not just acknowledging the fact. Walking as though it's already happened. Knowing, believing, trusting that he will do it. And the way I live is evidence that I truly believe it. With no faith, we're terrified, we're defeated, we run away. With faith. We'll take out our sling and throw the rock. Why aren't you battling? You don't know God as Father. Maybe you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you don't know God as Father. You don't know the characteristics of God the Father. If faith is the inward confidence, the assurance, the trust, the reliance in God and all that he says, then how do I get that confidence and trust? Romans 10, 17, and I'm almost done. 
It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. No other way. No other way. You began to trust your earthly father. You know how you, you, you got to where you could trust your earthly father walking up to a snake? How did you do that? By relationship, by situations, by talking, by communicating, by sitting at dinner with your family, getting to hear how your father really is. When the dad says, hey, we're going to go get ice cream, did you go get ice cream? Did you have to work for it? Did you have to pay for it? No. Did dad pay for it? Maybe you had a dad that was a complete checkout dad. Well, I'm telling you, that is not God the Father. But the way that I could stand with my dad and go shoot at squirrels and snakes and have a, shoot a 410 rifle at 10 years old is because I knew my dad was there. How bad could it be? He let me, he, he let me ride a four-wheeler across a, a frozen pond. My mom was about ready to die. I never thought anything about it. Man, this is the most awesome thing ever. Never thought about falling in. That was his problem. Not mine. He said, okay. Do you hear me? My trust was in him. So I took off across the lake. And I was okay. You talk to them. You see their actions, their history. Seeing and knowing their heart, their motives, who they really are. This is what grows trust. This is where you must start. Getting to know God through His Word, through His church, through His people, through Sunday school, through life groups, through your work, through going to lunch with another Christian and talking about godly things. This is where faith comes from. You cannot get godly faith without the Word. No Word equals no faith. Equals no miracles. Equals no moving mountains. Equals no pleasing God. Did you hear that? Are you needing a miracle? Get in the word and get your faith built up. Then when you speak, you are speaking with faith. You know what moves God? Faith. You know what pleases God? Faith. Nothing else. Works without faith is dead. You are wasting your time. So here we are again. Get in the word. Get under the word. Get being poured into the word and start speaking the word. And you watch. I'm telling you, mountains are going to melt like wax. But if you're speaking to a mountain without faith, you are flapping your gums. And then you go blame God because the mountain didn't go away. God didn't miss it. You missed it. You're trying to do it your own way. God's miracles and His provision comes by faith, not by your works. Amen. I got one more thing, but I'm going to stop right there. Church, we've got to make a change. <clears throat> we've got to get up out of this sanctuary this morning and start walking. Start living to God. Or stop expecting God to move in your life. Because He moves by faith. 
I'm not telling you to give up on God. I'm telling you to try. Start walking. Get in the Word. Even if it's just 10 scriptures a day, that'll take you less than two minutes. Do you have two minutes? Pastor, you have no idea how busy I am. You got time to eat, don't you? You got time to sleep. You probably got time to goof off in front of the TV for a half hour. Play on the computer. That's it. Shoot. I sent out one Facebook last night. Just I just thought, I'm just going to shoot it out there. My wife made sushi for the first time, and it was awesome. And I mean, not 10 seconds later did I start getting all these replies. Don't tell me you don't have time. You got time. You got time. Facebook, I'm not, I'm not anti-Facebook. Facebook won't produce anything. Your 10 minutes in your word will produce things that cannot be produced by this world. Give 10 minutes and then go spend your time on Facebook. Whatever, I don't care. Give God his time. Give God a chance to move in your life. Give God a chance to move in your church. Give him a chance. Quit treading water out here hoping the sharks don't come. Treading water is just going to attract the sharks. Start living to God. Start swimming his direction. Sharks can't get you. I heard a message this week. Satan can't curse, can't curse people that are in the blessed place. He's got to get you out of the blessed place before he can get you. Satan can't get you in the blessed place. Where's the blessed place? It's under the covering and the authority of God. Satan cannot get that. Get in the word. Get in the word. We all stand with me just for a moment. I want to encourage you just for a moment, just to make a commitment right now to try to walk according to God's plan. Would you do that? Would you do that? Lord, in the name of Jesus, help us. Help us to start with the first step. Just to go home today and to dust off that Bible and start in Genesis chapter 1 or start in Galatians chapter 1 or just start somewhere. Start in John chapter 1. Start in Romans chapter 1. Start in Psalms chapter 1. Just start. The first step toward coming out of your hole is like the prodigal, making that decision. I will get up and return. That's the commitment that we need today. I will return. I thank you, Lord. Help us to commit to you, Father. Help us to commit to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just right now proclaim and just confess right over this church right now that we are trying and we are going to turn to you. One spirit, one voice, one word. I just release the spirit of unity and power over this church this morning. I release the courage over the men to get out their Bible and to start to read and to stand up and take the authority over our families away from Satan. That doors are going to shut and doors are going to open. 
pray over the men this morning that they would lift up their heads and lift up their doors that the King of glory can come in. Over the moms, over the wives, lift up your heads. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the King of glory can come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, strong in battle. We've been trying to fight without you, God. And then go cry to you to clean up our mess. Thank you, Lord. Do it in us, Lord. Change us in Jesus' name. Amen. You all be seated. We're going to take communion right now at this time. I just encourage you at this time, ushers, y'all come on forward. I encourage you to renew your commitment today. What is this, September 4th? What's today? September 4th. This is the day that you renew your walk with Christ, your walk to Christ. And as we take communion, I just encourage you, let this be the day that you turn back to the Lord. says, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Just encourage you as they're passing out these elements, examine yourself.
Have you examined yourself? Have you taken time to repent before the Lord for maybe where you are, what you're walking through? What a gift Christ has given us to give us that opportunity. To not have to live with, with that sin. To be able to come clean before God and ask for forgiveness. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the sacrifice, Jesus, that you made on the cross for our sins. Lord, I thank you for this bread, this, this broken body. Lord, your body that was broken and beaten and torn for our, for our, uh, for our healing, for our uh, rejection, for our, the things that we would walk through here on this earth, Lord. But Lord, I thank you that it is also is the word, the bread of life that you have led us to this morning. Just ask you right now that we would take this, just as we take this bread, that we would read, we would eat into your word. As we do that, as we get in the word, we are receiving the bread. Lord, let it go into us. But Lord, we also thank you right now, Jesus, for your blood that was shed to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, cleanse us of our sins. Lord, to, to give us the power to overcome Satan. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. We receive it not by any works. Lord, you died for us because you love us. Because we couldn't do good enough. We had to have a Savior. Thank you, Jesus. We renew our covenant with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Gentlemen, y'all can go back to your seats. I'm going to dismiss you right now. I'm going to pray over you. But if you have a prayer need, when we dismiss, those that are ministering, would y'all just come up for a few moments? Let us pray with you. I know this is a little bit different, but we want to give you time to be prayed for if you need prayer. But um, if y'all don't mind, stand back up with me and let's pray together as I dismiss. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Lord, let our walk start right now. Let us start right now. Let us not go back into rebuilding our own way. We have heard your way. Lord, let us walk in it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great week. Come on down here and let us pray for you if you need prayer.